a little late this week. I'm a little late this week. My apologies. Completely forgot that I hadn't sent it out. Um, by all means, let me know if these recordings are helpful. If they're not helpful to you guys, then there's no point in me taking the time to do them every week. But I'm I'm happy to do them if they are helpful. So uh, Luke 2, 22 to ver- verses 22 to verse verses 40. Verses 22 through 40. The presentation of Jesus in the temple. And of course, along with that, we get both the the testimony of um, Simeon and Anna. When the eighth day were when the eighth day was completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given to him by the angel before he was conceived. So that was according to the law of Moses, that on the eighth day they would be circumcised. And Jesus did all things under the law in our place, uh, including circumcision. He took our place in that as well. Fulfilling all that God had commanded of the Israelites in a way that the Israelites never had. Uh, So his circumcision is important because it reminds us that he took our place under the law. It's also important as a foreshadowing of his death. The circumcision is spoken of in the Bible as the shedding of blood. Obviously not nearly as much blood is shed as will be shed on the cross, but it's just a small shedding of blood reminding us of what he would do on the cross and and the payment for our sins. And having been circumcised, now that was the time at which they were named traditionally in Israel. We saw that with John the Baptist. He was given the name Jesus, which means Jehovah saves. So here he is taking our place under the law and receiving the name as our Savior. That's on the eighth day. When the days of their purification according to the law of Moses were finished, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is written in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons so that goes back to our story of the passover which the kids had last fall so fits in very nicely here and you remember that the firstborn of all the people living in egypt were killed by the angel of the lord except those who put the blood of the lamb over their door them the firstborn of those families were spared But in remembrance then of that, and because of that, the Lord decreed that every firstborn male would be dedicated to him and would be his because he spared them when the angel of death killed all the other firstborns. However, they could be redeemed and they were supposed to be redeemed uh, by a sacrifice. So the Levites took the place of the firstborn of all Israel and served the Lord in the place of the firstborn of all the is of all of the Israelites. But all the Israelites who were not Levites had to be redeemed then from that service to the Lord. Now you notice that Joseph and Mary gave a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. It doesn't say which they gave, but one of those two. And that was the option for poor families. So God said that the the sacrifice to redeem the firstborn uh, was to be a lamb, but then he continued to say, but if you can't afford a lamb, then for poorer families, you can give a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So you notice that the, that uh, Mary and Joseph gave 
what was considered the poor man's sacrifice, reminding us again that Jesus not only became a man, but was born into great poverty. This is, of course, before the visit of the wise men. And uh, Joseph received much much riches from the wise men, but he hasn't received that yet. They haven't received that yet. So uh, they give the, the poorer um, sacrifice here. Notice also after the days of the purification. So that was uh, 33 days, but then if you add in the eight days up until the circumcision, uh, altogether it was 40 days from his birth until his presentation in the temple and that number 40 seems to have significance in scripture it repeats itself again and again in very similar situations the israelites wandered for 40 years in the wilderness jesus was tempted for 40 days and there was 40 days of purification now uh, from the time when the firstborn son opens the womb until the time that the purification is completed we don't know for sure but it seems likely that that number is based entirely on the wandering in the wilderness as it just as it took 40 years for the israelites to be purified from their sin which caused them not to go into the land of canaan so now that became the number uh, signifying the the rite of purification jesus was tempted for 40 days and purified resisted temptation and jesus here is purified for day, for 40 days and all the firstborn of israel uh, before being considered holy so after 40 days now they take him up to jerusalem and right, right away we meet Simeon. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, the looking forward to Israel's... Well, we don't know how old Simeon is. Later on when we meet Anna, we know exactly how old... Well, not exactly, but we know about how old she was. Now, Simeon, we, we don't know, but it seems like he was probably an older man. The scriptures don't say that, but based on what he says later, it seems likely uh, that he was a, a, an elderly man kind of getting ready to die. But he had been waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Israelites had a timeline from Daniel. They knew about what time the Messiah would come. Simeon had studied his scriptures, and unlike a lot of other Jews, he knew the time was coming nigh. He was waiting and watching and praying, and the Holy Spirit did not let him die until now he is able to see that consolation of Israel. And the word in the Greek that's translated consolation is the, the word paraclete, which we often find connected with the Holy Spirit. And it can be translated, translated as comforter, helper, advocate, any of a number of different translations, but all have the idea of someone who stands at your side to help you. And so that's uh, what Jesus is called here, the, the consolation, the helper, who has come to stand by Israel's side and to deliver him. Going back to the name Jesus, uh, the, the coming of the Messiah. It's used here of Jesus, although it's later on it's usually used of the Holy Spirit, as I said. So it had been revealed to him, to Simeon, by the Holy Spirit, that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple complex. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and praised God and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared before the face of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. 
it's probably a good idea to right away ask the kids where do they know this song from we call it the nook de Minis. Because once again, with all this, all these songs are simply named by the first words in Latin. Uh, Lord, now you can dismiss your servant. So uh, that Nook Dominus is the Latin there. And of course, we sing it every, the last Sunday of every month as we finish the Lord's Supper. Uh, we confess with Simeon that we have seen the Lord's salvation. We have laid our eyes upon the very body and blood of of our Savior, just as Simeon did so long ago. And knowing, having seen our Savior, having received the forgiveness of sins in the Lord's Supper, we also are ready to depart, if God so wills it, right away that day or, or any time there, to go home to heaven because we have the forgiveness of sins. And, and Simeon is confessing that same thing now. I have seen my Savior. I know that he has come to save me. Uh, now I can go, I can die in peace and, and go to heaven, knowing you have fulfilled your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. And this salvation, this little baby Jesus, is prepared in the presence of all peoples. It's not something that Jesus is doing quietly in some little town and no one ever hears about it. No, Jesus does this openly. He lets all the nations know that the Messiah has come. We certainly see that during the ministry of Christ. Many, many signs openly confessing that he had come from the Father when he is asked openly confessing that he is the Messiah, letting everybody know <clears throat> this isn't done quietly, but is done in the face of, of all people. So Jesus' ministry itself was done publicly, but more, more than that, uh, Simeon is talking about the entire revelation of God's plan, uh, the ten plagues that again the the kids heard about last you know last fall. We went through that the Exodus, all the miracles he did in Israel, all the many mighty wonders and works that he did uh, for Israel and through Israel. None of these things were hidden; they were well known, and and the whole world had seen God preparing the way for His salvation. So now it has finally come after so many years of openly preparing it. You have prepared it in the presence of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles. And I notice that right away Simeon confesses this, this Savior is not for Israel alone. He's coming to bring light and salvation to all the people of the earth, the Gentiles is like, and the glory of your people Israel, but especially for Israel because they are the ones who have been confessing and preaching, and they are the ones through whom faith is coming to the world. Uh, so the coming of the Messiah vindicates their faith and glorifies them in the sight of all the other nations. Look, the Israelites were right. You guys should have listened to them. So it's both a light to the revelation, to re a light revealing the truth to the Gentiles, but also the glory of your people, Israel. Now his father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then si Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be oppressed. And a sword will pierce your own soul that the thoughts of many hearts may, re may be revealed. So this is a wonderful thing. It's a joyful thing. It's a thing to rejoice. The Messiah has finally come. However, it's not going to be without pain and sadness. And the kingdom of Christ never comes without pain and sadness and sorrow and strife. That's a lesson that we need to learn well, <clears throat> that we must, through tribulation and trial, enter into the kingdom of God, and especially so with the coming of Jesus. He, he came to bring salvation, but in bringing salvation, he also brought judgment on those who, are not, who would not believe. And so there was a lot of 
as Simeon says, the fall and rise of many in Israel. Uh, we see that opposites there that, that we see throughout the New Testament Gospels. Uh, whatever is high will be brought low. Whatever is low will be brought uh, high. Jesus takes down the mighty in their foolish imaginations, their hearts. He, he exalts the lowly, the rise and fall of many in Israel, and a sign that will be opposed. And many are going to oppose him. Many are going to speak against him because they're not going to like the kind of Messiah that he has come to be. And a sword will pierce your own soul. And this is not the first time that, that Mary has been warned, but that's certainly true that Mary had a, a difficult part to play as well. Uh, she was going to have to suffer through as she sees her son mistreated the way he was, and she was going to have, she was going to be there and see him suffer and die on the cross, and that would have been very very difficult for her in that way and, and in many other ways too. She had the wonderful opportunity to be the mother of Jesus. But at the same time, it was a very difficult thing for him. So very often when God gives us great gifts, those gifts often come with suffering as a result of some of them as well. And that's according to God's good pleasure. There was also a prophetess Anna, a daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was well along in years, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and was a widow for 84 years. So you got to add those two. Add, well, we start with when did, when did she get married? Of course, Isra Israelite girls got married pretty young, maybe 12, maybe 13. So assuming she got married young, uh, 12 or 13, then she would have been around 20 when her husband died. So add 20 to 84, you get 104 years. She was at probably at least 104 years old, maybe even a little older if she got married a little bit later. So yes, well advanced. You know, even for our day and age, that's well advanced. But she did not leave the temple complex serving God night and day with fastings and prayer. And notice how she dedicates herself to the Lord and his service, even in her old age. She didn't when she got older, she didn't decide, well, there's nothing for me to do. You know, I might as well just sit around and, and die eventually. But she dedicated herself to the service of the Lord. And Paul encourages this of elder, older women in his letters uh, to Timothy as well, that Timothy should encourage the older women to give themselves to, to prayer and to the service of the Lord. And, and this woman did. So uh, 104 uh Serve the Lord day and night with prayers and with fasting. At that very moment, she came up and began to thank God and to speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So with Simeon, we know that the Holy Spirit spoke to him and told him that he wouldn't die before seeing the Messiah and, and told him that this is the Messiah. Now, we don't have uh, that same kind of indication with Anna, but it's likely that that did indeed happen, that it was the Holy Spirit that that told her otherwise maybe she just happened to be sitting there praying and heard what Simeon was saying and, and believed either one is, is possible but in any case she also saw and knew and spoke about it to everyone by the way going back to Simeon for a minute you know there's a connection there to, to Moses as well because Moses uh, served the Lord and uh, he was well advanced in years right and, and brought the people through the, the wilderness but did not enter the land of Canaan himself but died having seen it. So he saw the salvation that God had promised to the people of Israel, and then he died, and that 
we assume that he, exactly what happened with Simeon as well. We don't know that he died the next day or whatever. But soon after this, he was taken home having seen uh, the Messiah, having seen that promise that God had made fulfilled. Uh, then he died. And when they completed everything according to the law of, of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the boy grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and God's grace was on him. And so we talked last time about the person of Jesus, uh, his Godhead and his humanity. And there you see his humanity very clearly. He grew and became strong. Uh, he was filled with wisdom and God's grace was on him. Of course, God doesn't grow. But as a, as a man, Jesus did grow and learn and get, studied the scriptures, gave himself to the study, gave himself to the work that the Lord had asked him to do. So that's all the notes I have for today. Uh, Lord's blessings on your Sunday school lesson on Sunday.